This morning I took us into Matthew chapter 6 as we examine a phrase many of us are familiar with, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And there are three more points I need to make to complete the study. And it will already be obvious if it was not this morning, that what I'm trying to do is get us ready for our meeting that begins Friday night. I'm covering today seven reasons why we need to seek first the kingdom of God. God made us in his image. Christ gave his life to redeem us from sin the world, according to 1 John 2, 15-17, is passing away and it is appointed to die and face judgment. So I have more reasons to offer tonight for seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The last meeting we had here was in 2020 with Max Dawson. And while there were some very early discussion and concerns about the coronavirus, as it was called back then, we were able to meet and hear good preaching from the Word. This meeting that starts Friday night is the first meeting we've had since 2020. The purpose is always to renew our commitment to increase our knowledge through a concentrated effort to do what will help us seek first the kingdom of God. I want to look with you tonight in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I believe the Lord knew exactly what would hinder us here on earth and what would challenge us during our earthly sojourn. He knew and he wanted to warn us and motivate us so that we are not pulled away from him into temporal earthly treasures and their continual anxious pursuit. What is commonly treasured in the world, the Lord says, are objects vulnerable to moth, rust, and theft. To keep from getting caught up in the cycle of all the temporal things here, the Lord said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where, he said, neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. I need to invest my life in what is permanent. I need to invest my life in what is permanent rather than a brief journey that is focused on material things, worldly success, and the praise of men. And notice the Lord says here that if I try to live in both worlds, one foot in the world and another in the kingdom with some sort of imagined equality, he says that isn't realistic. He says no one can serve two masters. So we live here in the world for a short time. We take responsibility for ourselves and those we raise and care for, but without becoming devoted to the temporal. We can't split the difference between God and the world. This passage we've read is really about what we often call materialism. And I really like what Brother Paul Earnhardt wrote about this some years ago. He said, Materialism has a voracious appetite and will soon consume the personality which gives it an opening. Yet when it finally rules without restraint, it brings no peace nor satisfaction, no lasting happiness. God also desires to have us exclusively for himself and for our benefit, not his. Money will consume us. 
He will fill us. Men who have made their life about God know peace in the genuine sense. So in sum, there is this statement that covers all the territory of discipleship. In verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Let me talk a little bit about the end of that. Let's not overlook in verse 33 that as this course in life is pursued, the kingdom, God supplies what we need and all these things will be added to you. This isn't about everything we want. This isn't about having more than what others have in terms of wealth or earthly treasure or even attention. Remember, we are people who lay up treasures in heaven. This is God supplying what is needed by and for his people. And it's about us having that kind of confidence in his provisions so that we are not living in daily Anxiety. It's in this passage where the Lord says, Do not be anxious. And some translations have it. Do not worry. I said to us this morning, Seeking first the kingdom is trust that is active in obedience. This is the active and consistent trajectory of your heart and life more than just passing interest or just showing up periodically at an event. And so tonight, I'm back to that question, why? What are some reasons given in other passages for us to seek first the kingdom? And I said this morning, God made us in his image. Christ gave his life for us. The world is passing away. And there is an appointed time for death and judgment. Number five, as I continue, this priority, seeking first the kingdom, equips us to best serve others. I'm going to be in Philippians chapter 2 in just a moment. You know, you cannot read the Bible and not see that God expects us to be servants. First, we are to serve God. Part of serving God is serving others with the kind of humility that we observe in Jesus and that is referred to here in Philippians chapter 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Well, here is a challenge written in God's Word. 
and the standard is so high. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Now, who did that? Jesus did. He's our example of the kind of servant humility described in Philippians chapter 2. Now, look for a moment in the context and look for that little word, if. Here's the idea. If you have been blessed, encouraged by your relationship with God through Christ, if there is from Christ in your life comfort, love, affection, and sympathy, share that. Use those blessings to serve others. If I call myself a believer, am I also a servant acting with humility? And Paul said, counting others more significant than yourselves. That's the high standard. It is active belief. It is seeking first the kingdom. It's being a follower of Christ. And involved in all of that is serving with humility. Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness equips us to best serve others according to what this passage teaches. I don't remember when I first heard this. It isn't original with me. It takes more grace than I can tell to play the second fiddle well. Did you know that we are all ministers? The word means to do something. To do something that serves God and serves others. And the kingdom benefits from that service. One example immediate for us would be serve others by asking them to visit us during the weekend meeting. And are there Christians you know who have drifted or are drifting? We can serve them by giving them a cordial invitation to come to the meeting. All of that is wrapped up in seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. These are reasons to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Number six, continuing the list from this morning. Seeking first the kingdom affords you the blessing of prayer. Be turning to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. You know, in our study of Daniel, in our adult Bible class, one constant theme is God looks with favor on His people. Even when His people may not be living in favorable earthly circumstances. Let me say that again. For all in the book of Daniel that may remain mysterious, this is clear. God looks with favor on His people, even when His people may not be living in favorable earthly circumstances. Now, one avenue to access divine strength that God intends for His people to have is prayer. In Daniel, in that book, he prayed 
even when it was against the law. Morning, noon, and night. Now, we do not live in Babylonian exile, though there are varieties of earthly circumstances that trouble us. But we have access to God's strength in whatever our circumstances are. According to Hebrews 4.16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, look at that verse, Hebrews 4.16, and look at the end of it, help in time of need. Has there ever been a time in your life when that phrase didn't describe your circumstance? Help in time of need. We can be receivers of mercy and grace in time of need as we with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. What a tremendous experience for us to approach the Father through Jesus Christ, not just drawing near, but drawing near with, this verse says, confidence. The wise person knows that not every problem or need has a natural solution in the natural world, nor from human wisdom or intellect. Jesus said one time in Matthew 26, 41, Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here's another reason. To seek first the kingdom. I need to pray that I will be open and ready for God's word to change me and keep changing me as I listen to the word. And we're going to have opportunity this weekend to listen to what the word says about hope. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Reasons to seek first the kingdom of God. And then I want to say, this is the message we deliver to others. We live a message that we deliver to others. In Romans 1, 16 and 17, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Our lives need to reflect the message that we responded to and our lives need to be dispensers of that message. Let me say that again. Our lives need to reflect the message that we responded to when we obeyed the gospel and then our lives need to be dispensers of that message. I think our lives may seem to be getting noisier or busier and distractions come at us at every direction. 
There is worry and anxiety that can beset us that Jesus addressed in Matthew 6. There are minor things that can just eat us alive. And that's the devil's purpose. There is spiritual exhaustion that can set in. And in all of this noise and temptation and anxiety, we may forget the most important task of living the gospel and being dispensers of that message as well. What sometimes gets lost in evangelism is is all this distraction and noise that we allow into our lives. But we are committed to delivering to others the message that we responded to. Christians ought to be able to simply open their New Testaments and tell others and show others what we did when we became Christians and what we're trying to do now in all of our lives and work in responding obediently to Christ. And part of this gospel message that we are committed to living and delivering is hope. Let's talk to people this week about the hope of the gospel as we invite their attendance and their attention to the preaching of the word this weekend. May it be true of every one of us that we're devoted to what the Lord said in Matthew 6, to all of it, and in particular this phrase, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Our meeting that begins Friday night is an opportunity to exhibit this imperative. Not only as we plan to participate, but as we invite others to this opportunity and as we pray about the success of this meeting. We need to be motivated before the meeting, during the meeting, and continue that motivation after the meeting, seeking first the kingdom of God. Can you think of anything more important than this? Let's be standing as we sing.